Hello, all. I want to talk about propaganda. Propaganda. And how and why propaganda is used. We know that in today's world, this thing called media, what is really a play on the word medium, which is also kind of a play on the word extortionist. <laughs> the middleman. The middleman. Where you go and get your thoughts from. Where you go and get all your ideals from. From this medium called the media. And how they have used these various forms of media. And these indoctrinations that they have, you know, use various channels, you know, called educational systems, you know, teachers and administrators and things of that nature to tell you a story, to give you a tale, to give you a narrative of something that becomes so real because you carry it out. You get the information that they deliver to you, handpicked, and then you play out in your life what you've been told. And so the propaganda that is taking place right now, I can guarantee you that it's so compartmentalized there are so many different experiments being ran on, on regions of people grouped together. You know, those who have shared the same interests, those who share the same conscious level are having a different experience than someone who shares a different thought process than you, just based on these various Machines that they use to be able to push their propaganda. Now, you may have a region of the country that is experiencing a thing that another region has not experienced and won't experience. You know, it's kind of like 2020. You know, for those of you who don't know, there were certain states who did not they did not embrace any of these policies, these various restrictions that were placed on the most populated places. And you never really heard about, about it at all. I think it was like eight different states that did not put any restriction on their population. And they didn't experience any more sickness than the places that did. And I've driven through those states. I've been in those states where they, they didn't have those regulations. You didn't have to wear masks. You didn't have to do this. You didn't have to do that. And then you would go to other states and they would be hypersensitive about it. And I'm, I'm I, you know, one thing, <laughs> it's, it was actually, it's actually something, one thing that really solidified this, and this probably is strange to some people, but it's just something to think about. You know, and I know that there's a lot of people on um, uh, Brother Lance's uh, channel who watches, you know, that are from places like um, 
you know, the islands and Africa and places like this. And so when we think about how we have been given these various images of each other. So when we came together, we had already it had already been solidified in who these people that had these had this certain image, who they were and what they represented. You know what I'm saying? So something else we have to overcome and fight through. But I think about how, you know, especially towards the maybe late 80s and the 90s, how reggae was put on this very um, uh, open platform, you know, as far as any type of entertainment outside of the United um, States of America or the United States. <laughs> reggae was like the, the the one form of music that was able to break that barrier. And you know, of course, you know, there was Bob Marley, which was, you know, before that time. But when it became really the norm for young people, for, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it wasn't so much a revolutionary thing or those who had a certain type of consciousness who embraced, you know, this reggae, it became mainstream where they started to do all this infusion music, you know, with pop and reggae, so on and so forth. And, you know, not to mention we had the dancing, the slow wine and all that type of stuff that went along with um, just the whole reggae music and everything. And then you fast forward to, I would say in the last, same like two, three years, maybe three years where Africa has become a thing for everyone to partake in all of a sudden. And so then I look at, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm into dancing. I love to dance, you know, and I look at this, you know, our brothers and sisters, you know, out of Africa, out of the continent of Africa and their form of style of and their form of dance and how I could draw the correlations between how their dance actually had impacted most, if not all, of our R&B singers, quote-unquote, even pop singers, say a Michael Jackson. You know, when I see, you know, their moonwalk, you know what I'm saying, and how they do it forward versus backwards, you know, that's an, an American thing, how we take things and we do it backwards, right? And, you know, it's, it's very, um, it's, it's various legwork that I see done out of Africa that I see how Michael Jackson had taken on and adopted that form and style of dance. How various artists, you know, um, you know, when they were doing swing and all that type of stuff and how a lot of these moves come out of Africa. And that it's not that all of a sudden Africans just started being able to to dance like this. This has been their thing for a long time. But somehow they've been able to keep this under wraps and adopt it and take it on as their own for the rest of the world to make it seem like it was something that didn't come out of Africa. You know, and I'm sorry, but I don't think it's I don't think it's any other group of people that move like Africans. You know why? Because that that style is something that is um 
it's a part of the land itself. It is an ancient practice that had no interference up until now. And it concerns me. It concerns me. Because when I look at the gradual shift and watering down of our talents here in the United States, I'm talking about us, dark people, the rhythm, the ones who are known, who are who typically innately have the rhythm, have the dance, have the ability to sing, have the ability to draw various sounds together and make it all harmonize. And I see how everything has been watered down. We have moved, we have, we, we actually the whole jazz scene, the blue rhythm and blues and R&B and all that, these are things that fundamentally come from us of darker hue. But then once they started to plant themselves in the midst of it and capture it, to control it, then everything, you, you notice how things start to get off beat? Because even the rhythm you can lose yourself in, even the rhythm, the flow, the frequencies, you you will find yourself obsessed with it. You will find yourself bowing down to it, letting it take you over. And the narcissistic mind recognized that and developed a jealousy for it. And decided it wanted to stand in the way of it to corrupt it. That's my concern for Africa at this point. And I'm seeing it little by little because for those Africans who who have begun to leave Africa and found found their way to the US and the UK, you know, I mean they're still doing it in the UK. Definitely. But I'm starting to see more and more sisters who are who have a closer connection to Africa who are losing that. It's not happening a lot. And I'm glad that I'm seeing this now. They're starting to lose the same thing that's happened in the United States, where remember with us, everybody could dance. Everybody could dance. Everybody was getting it. You know, when you think about the 60s and the 70s, and when that music came on and even how they snapped, you know how some people snap and it just, it has a whole impact on, like you can feel what a person is feeling and listening to by their snap. Like the snap is different. That time where a soul train line was everywhere. It wasn't just on Soul Train, but it was at your family's house on the weekend, your family reunion, you know, wherever. And everybody got a chance to shine and everybody did it. They just let the music just take them over. And I think about how, you know, even when you're, when you, when you're doing forms of reggae style dancing, I don't know the exact name of it because the 
intensity level, I guess it has a lot to do with the fact that the internet has allowed prying eyes, more prying eyes. And so the whole concept of learning how to dance to reggae music, you know, that style was not something that people really seen as a one, two, three step, one, two, three, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight type of thing. It's not something that people learn how to do per se, where classes were formed and all that type of stuff. It's like what you're seeing today when it comes to the whole Afro beats or what they call it. I can't remember the exact name of it. Um, but anyway, and so it was just something that you was able to just naturally do. But with the African style of dancing, that is not something that you're just easily able to do. Like even for those of us who have rhythm, you know, I have practiced various leg, leg work, but it has taken me, you know, sometimes a month to catch on to what they're really doing, you know, versus a slow wind or, you know, something like that. It's the complication of the rhythm, the movement of the body, and all these various things in, in sync that is total amazement. And not to mention, there is an absolute joy that comes along with Africans when they dance. It's like a it's like, uh, you know, it's, you know, you have people who ride skateboards and they do all these various tricks and so on and so forth. And you have all you have people who take on all these challenges, physical challenges, and they, you know, they display to other people that they can do it. But they don't display the type of joy that comes when you watch people when they're Africans, when they dance. There's a it, it, it's, it's so skillful. But it's a joy skill. It's a joyful skillfulness. It's not just look, watch me. Look at what I can do. It's like a it's like a pleasure that they that they display. You know, like it's a service that they're giving. And I can see why the narcissist would see that and encounter that because I, I I, I get a lot of backlash when I when I get in that that mood to where my body has to do its thing. And if it happens to be in any type of public setting, I could the energy that I can feel going on around me because I'm still aware. I'm still conscious of what's going on, on around me and the, the anxiety. You know, and sometimes these are actual people that may display this anxiety. But when it starts to be anxiety coming from your own people, you know, it's a problem. Something has gotten lost in translation. When our people feel like you're doing something that they can't do, something that's innately in them. How... This narcissist has taken something that's innately in you, that's joyful, something you don't have to pay for. And somehow he's been able to pull it out. So you got to pay for it. 
he's he's somehow found some means of dissecting it from us so he can capture it and control it you know and then you look at some of these various in particular I would say a lot of European whites that be doing this and they be doing it because that's what the rhythm does to you when you allow yourself to be free and loose and allow your the reflection of what you're feeling, what your senses are taking in to show in movement. And that's something that they realized they had to put a they had to put a lid on. They had to put a lid on that. And they were they waited until a time where they felt like they could re- release it to the general public worldwide without it becoming a whole way of life. Because movement can become a way of life. You ask people in China with Tai Chi and, and, and what is that, Tai Gong or whatever? The one that they shut down? Because it it became such a way of life that people, they didn't want to participate in the bullshit. That is a powerful thing that they have been able to put a lid on and only release it when they felt like it was time where they could do it without the backlash of losing the control of people. But do you watch these motherfuckers? When they doing their damn thing, I sit and I watch. I don't watch it like I used to, but you know, they have all these various dance studios on on YouTube where they'll do. Um, it'll be, you know, various groups of them that, that, that they'll come out to a particular song. They'll do a whole routine to a song and they all keep coming out and, and, and repeating the same, you know, routine, but different groups. And sometimes I look at that, and I, 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 I be so concerned because it be it be the sisters that be at a, at a, at a total loss. They there is sad to say. It's so sad to say that a motherfucker can have you misstepping so much. I mean, you just totally just the white girl just making you look like. Because they're good at acting. They're good at embodying a thing. They're good at taking it from you and making it seem as though it's your own. I mean, their own. He rebranded. And they make it seem like it's something that you have to attain. But it's already in you. You know how many times I've gone out and did my thing find myself doing my thing somewhere i mean I, it's times where i walk down the street and just did my thing you know what i'm saying like i'm that t- i'm that person and then i'll go onto their social medias and then they'll have all these white girls doing their thing like they want to show me they want to convince me that see we can do it too but we know the average white girl can't and we know the average white man can't but they present through their propaganda 
an image that they aspire to be. And so they'll have those who are distracted and not, not displaying their innate ability. They'll have them thinking it's something new. You know, just like when they do redo these songs and these children think they're hearing something new. And they act like they're so surprised when they find out it's a remake and a remake. And sometimes another remake. They didn't remake this motherfucker four times. But you can convince a motherfucker through propaganda that the rendition that they're hearing, the latest one, is the only one that exists. And them motherfuckers believe that shit wholeheartedly. <laughs> the how profound propaganda is. How it can make you think even through your intellect. We know that we have taught them everything that they know. Everything. We are the true inventors. We are the true innovators. You know, when I was saying, I was mentioned in one, in one video and I didn't complete my thought when I was talking about how that festival that they have here and, you know, me and a group of other sisters got together and we were selling stuff. Well, I had this book. I had this book that I had purchased called Black People Invented Everything. <laughs> this is a real life intellectual book and it, listed everything that we played a role in and this shit was profound it's profound but they tell you you're the dummy you're inferior you're three-fifths of a human being you don't have the same brain capacity as they have your brain is smaller And all these tricks. Do you understand the narcissistic mind? I'm, I'm, I've been living this shit personally in my life. In my life. How I, could, I didn't even discover I could sing until I seen my mama do it. By that time, I was already five years old. But the narcissist around me wanted me to forget that. They didn't want me to know that about myself through knowing it in my mother. The jealous ones. The jealous ones that always want to outdo you. But first they have to subdue you before they outdo you. And that is the ultimate propaganda that we are, have been exposed to and, and dealing with in this experience that we're having right now. It is all a game. It's all a trick. It's all propaganda. It's all a switch. Everything that they claim to be, we are. And I have to live out of my van because I'm one of the rare people that know it. 
but I have to live amongst so many indoctrinated people who literally really don't know it because they've been so far removed from the source. And then you have those who know it and just want it for themselves. Or you have those who know it, but they don't want to make the ones who want it for themselves uncomfortable. And so this propaganda and the distractions, the distractions are placed there to remove the whole concept of you even knowing that something exists out the way because we don't have time to focus on that because we're so concerned with just surviving. I don't have time to sing for you. I don't have time to hum a tune. I don't have time to do any dancing. I don't have time to enjoy myself. I don't have time to take what is in my mind and bring it outward to express it so it can work for me. I don't have time for that. See, this is what all the distractions do. And while we all caught up in the distractions, they sneaking in the back door, taking all the all the shit we ain't got time for. All they all that shit worthless to them. Gingifying shit. That shit worthless to them. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. We didn't finally made it. We didn't finally put them in a position where they left the door open for us to just come in and take their shit because they see it as useless. We got them to that point. And it, it, it's baffling. I look at my skin. I look at my features. I look at my ability to sing, to dance. The brilliance of my thoughts, my intellect. And I see greatness. But in this world... I am met with an energy that says I'm the opposite of that. The distractions that want to even subdue my ability to hold on to it for the rest of the world to see it because they don't, they want to put a cap on it, put a top on top of that. You understand? So when I move, all I got to do is be. So when I'm always met with this opposition, it don't matter how I come in the room. They like put a cap on that, put a top on that. Shh, that right there. Can you imagine living in existence where you one of the rare motherfuckers that exist? That hasn't been subdued. And all they do is spend their time to sub, trying to subdue you. That's all their objective is when it comes to you specifically. Subdue that. Put that out. But we need it. Because it gives us life. But we're gonna fuck with we're gonna try to fuck with its head. 
And people keep going, us, we, keep going for this shit in particular. Why they placing motherfuckers on pedestals, picking and choosing who they go put in your place that don't even amount, can't come close. Motherfuckers that supposed to be so special and so intellectual and so sensual and but they keep following you. They keep keeping up with you though. Without you, they wouldn't even have a motherfucking thought. This propaganda. <laughs> I, I didn't plan on speaking even this long, but it, it just it just amazes me. And I just I just hope that, you know, and this goes for all my, my brothers and sisters. I don't care if you in the islands. I don't care if you. You know, in Africa, I don't care if you in Brazil, I don't care where you at, because, you know, I, it took me damn near two months to learn how to do the samba. I got that motherfucker. But baby. Shit, I thought I had two left feet. I, I know I, I know I can dance. <laughs> like off the off the grip dance, freestyle dance. You understand what I'm saying? Like it took me two months to learn that shit. I was like, I thought I could never get it. Like, what? <laughs> it's like learning a language. <laughs> when I be learning all these different various moves and shit, this leg work and all that, it's like learning another language. Just with your body. You know, and so we can allow ourselves to be subdued and duped out of what's innately ours like you know what I'm saying because slowly but surely they just really feel like they have the right to take every part of you to you're no longer human so you're transitioning into something else something that's far removed from emotions far removed from feelings far removed from the senses just in general just a empty shell that's just putting in the work they need you to put in. Yeah, it, it amazes me, you know. I mean, it does, but it doesn't, but <laughs> shit is crazy. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that's it. That's all I want to share, brothers and sisters.